if you're an individual brand and you're trying to be entertaining or you're trying to be something, you need to commit to one archetype and be that all the time because people don't like seeing patterns be broken. You ready for this? You're supposed to introduce a podcast while I'm doing that. Oh my gosh. I'm not participating in this. You have to. Well, hello. Welcome to Therapy. I'm Lauren. And I'm Phil. Oh, and this is a podcast. Let's <sighs> never do that again. <laughs> this is a podcast where we're having some fun today because our guest is fun, even though it's a topic that many people are scared to talk about. Archetypes. Archetypes and how they relate to your business in terms of growth, sales, outreach, all of these ugly topics. But Ryan, our guest, Ryan, expert Ryan, just, I just, this is one of my favorite conversations we've ever had on this podcast. Truly. Yeah. Truly, madly, deeply. Do you agree? I agree. I agree. He's so entertaining. He's a true master at promoting himself online. And he also is just extremely resourceful. So I think people are going to laugh. I think they're going to be entertained. I think that they're going to learn a lot. And overall, it's just a, an awesome, awesome expert appearance on this podcast. Let's do it. I think we should just get right to it. Okay. Why talk Why more talk? when we could just get to the interview? Show, you know don't I mean? tell. Show, don't tell. Here's our conversation with Ryan O'Hara. Hello? Hello, Ryan. Hi. I'm really excited to talk with you. I met you. I don't even know if you remember this, but you used to work. Well, I know you remember where you used to work. You used to work at branded.me, and that's when we first connected. And then. Yeah, I remember, you remember that. that. We did a. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah. And we kept each other on LinkedIn. And then I used to never spend any time on LinkedIn. I always called it like the Dell of social media. It's ugly, but it works. But more recently, yeah. spending less time on Facebook and more time on LinkedIn, I'm like, I just eat up everything you post because I find it hilarious, as hilarious and engaging as your voicemail. Thank you. So. Wow. It's just, it's, I try to go all out on this. I, you know, it's funny. It's something I'm actually trying to work on right now. Um, is I look, well, maybe I shouldn't talk. Maybe we should start. No, say it. Talk, no, right? say, say I, what no, you were no, going to no, say. Go for it. So we're kind of shifting a big part of our strategy this year to be even more all out on the idea of trying to entertain people. Um, in the business-to-business business world, the way that people are marketing themselves and doing things, it's really boring. It sucks. I, I'm helping, I was helping a rep this morning with his new year, so I'm teaching him some stuff about prospecting. And we were looking at LinkedIn profiles of the companies he's going after. And I'm just like, there are people making like two or $300,000 a year getting paid to write this shit. And it's terrible. Like they just, they don't make stuff that, that it sounds interesting and cool. Like people are, a person buying this stuff and signing checks making contracts with people are people that want that are human beings. They go home and they have fights with their wife. They go to the bathroom. They have to deal with they things are pains in the asses for them. Like the whole way that it's set up and no one writes copy to make it so that like, oh man, I'm going to be on this website. I'm going to at least enjoy it. Or if I'm going to get this information, I want to at least enjoy it. So I've been really trying to shift our strategy a lot more to be focused on like infotainment and stuff. I just think it's so out, out of the box. But then when you describe it in the way that you just did, it's kind of common sense, right? Yeah, yeah. But 
so few people do it that it isn't common sense. And it's just a, another case of us retreating back to what we know humans enjoy and respond to as if we were together in real life, having a giggle about something. Why aren't people doing that online? Because it's memorable and it's engaging, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I want to know, what is one small thing, Ryan, that anyone could do in their outreach efforts or prospecting, what, what have you, whatever you call it, what's like one small example that people could do to hopefully be more memorable or to hopefully do something that leads to a conversation? Yeah, I love this. So the thing that I think a lot of people don't talk about is that in tech, especially like the startup world and, you know, companies that aren't publicly traded, the average person changes jobs once every like 18 months. So that means that the first six months they are shy, they, they're figuring stuff out. The next six months they can actually do stuff. The next six months after that, they usually are staring down at the top right of their screen all day waiting for five o'clock to hit. Knowing that, I think if you're doing some stuff on outreach, you better be providing something that's entertaining if you're going to interrupt my day. The other thing is you need to prove that you're extraordinary and you need to prove that that person you're picking is extraordinary and that's why you're picking them. If you write a cold email or send a tweet or an email or whatever you're doing on LinkedIn and you're reaching out to someone, if you take a second and change the frame of your message to be more about why am I picking you? Why are you special to me? Instead of why I want you to get on a sales call with me or get on a meeting with me or do something for me or do a favor, you'll see the writing becomes a lot easier for you to do and you'll get higher response rates just doing something as simple as that. But changing the mindset to be wrapped around how is that person special to you? Why are you scouting them? You're a GM of a sports team and you're trying to get this person to sign a contract with your team. That's kind of a way to look at it, sort of, as opposed to, I'm a sales rep, I'm going to do what my boss just told me and send 100 of the same emails to everybody, 100 of the same messages. I love it. I love it. And you're so entertaining. Like, even your voicemail made us, you're going to hear, have a voicemail of us laughing. But but I want to know, what's your advice on being entertaining or being extraordinary for the people who are scared to put themselves out there? Oh, I love this. So there's a there's a thing that I really believe in as a marketer that I learned, and I learned it originally as a prospector. There's this thing called brand archetyping. And you guys probably know it because you do a lot mm -hmm. of stuff with brand and all that. But for people that don't know, the idea is that you want to try and figure out how to make your brand individually and your company's brand fall into one of these archetypes. And the best companies in the world stick to one archetype. Good example. One of the archetypes is the magician. There's a reason that people love Disney and pile out the door and go see all the 3D animation movies that Disney makes and Pixar makes. Yeah, the quality of them is great, but the way that they market themselves and this, people aren't flocking to Universal Studios the same way that they do to go to Disney and all the different places that Disney has. And that's because Disney has wrapped their entire brand around being magical. If you're an individual brand and you're trying to be entertaining or you're trying to be something, you need to commit to one archetype and be that all the time. Because people don't like seeing patterns be broken. But yeah, you want to do something that's against the grain sometimes to stand out. But if I go and if someone's watching a video I do on LinkedIn and I'm really serious in it, and then next week I do a video and I'm really goofy in it, the expectation that that user has before they hit play on that video is going to be different than what it would have been if I did the same type of voice and same type of personality. So as you're developing a brand, I highly recommend that you start by picking a brand archetype. There's a bunch of them. There's the hero brand. That's if you want to do something where you're, you're, you know, the person that wants the ball at the end of the game, the guy that wants to save the day. There's a every man brand. The every man brand is about being re relatable. 
There's the lover, which is about being intimate, telling you secrets. Maybe you're a little sexy with the way that you present yourself. It's obviously I'm that, right? Um, <laughs> but <laughs> the, the I'm, I'm definitely not that. But you can pick these different archetypes. And if you are trying to get yourself out there, you'll be more confident if you stay in one archetype. You won't be you won't be judged because those archetypes are templates that our mind already processes people as. And that way you're not feeling vulnerable. Like for me, I try to make Weed IQ and myself a gesture brand. I try to make people laugh. I try to make everything about entertaining people. That's kind of my goal when I when I make videos and stuff. I want to teach you a lesson, but I want to entertain you at the same time. The reason that, yeah, the archetype is specifically focused on making people laugh, the gesture brand. But if you actually look at it, I could have been an explorer brand and talked about cool experiments that I was trying and prospecting. I could have been a uh, sage brand and told you about lessons that I've learned. Those are also forms of entertainment. So as you're trying to find your brand and build it out there, I highly recommend that you focus on picking an archetype and committing to it. If you want an example of an individual brand that does this, uh, the one I love using is Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, as a, as a grown 31-year-old man, I should not like Taylor Swift. But I can't get enough of her music. I don't know why. I shouldn't like that stuff. Like I, I'm a guy that like grew up like in punk rock and that kind of stuff. And here I am. Listen, every time Taylor Swift has a new album, I'm listening to it. And the reason is because Taylor Swift has built her brand online to be a lover brand. Her songs are literally about things that happened in her private life, and she's very guarded about not giving you like. It, it's very staged when you actually think something glimpses of her life because it's part of her brand. And it gets people kind of fascinated and infatuated with people like that. So like, it's sort of the same thing with what you want to do with your brand to be entertainment. If you have a brand archetype, it can be your compass for how you want to go about entertainment. That's great. I'm so happy that you went into detail on the archetypes because what I was going to ask you was easy for you to be the jester, to be funny because it comes naturally to you. And there's like a bit of that in my delivery as well when I'm, you know, doing things. Yeah, I, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm not afraid to say what I think, but I usually say it with a little bit of sweet and also a bit of sour. And what about people who aren't funny? They feel immense stress when it comes to this, but you're saying they've got to give the the 12 archetypes some thought and figure out where they identify, right? Because you don't have to be funny to stand out when you're prospecting or doing sales or trying to get someone's attention that can very easily ignore you. Yeah, I think the thing is you can pick an archetype that fits with you. The thing that's magical is we're actually all 12 archetypes. All of us are at different points are funny. All of us are rebellious sometimes. All of us are the king brand, like Muhammad Ali, and we'll talk smack and be like, oh, I'm the best. That's, we all have that in us. What you want to do is do one that feels natural to you, but you also want to look at what other people are doing in the industry. If every Think of the sales space, for example. I could have made Lead IQ a best-in-class technology talk about how great we're doing and thump my chest. But you know what? Sales is already full of like a hundred different brands that do that already. So for you, what you want to do is write down some adjectives of how you want to be viewed and what you feel comfortable actually being. And then categorize those adjectives into the archetypes that you, the, the, the 12 archetypes. And you can look them up. I wrote a blog post about it. I'm sure you probably have something on this too, Phil, but like you could look around and look on right. the web and find them. Take the adjectives you write down, categorize them into the different archetypes. Whatever one has the highest score, that you feel comfortable with, that's what you're doing moving forward. And then start doing an exercise of you doing it. Start with a tweet. Like, write a tweet that's in a certain archetype. Write a LinkedIn post that's in that same archetype. Just do some practice of that archetype and see how easy it comes to you. And if it feels like it's not that difficult to do, you can 
commit to that and that'll be your brand that you do moving forward. I think that there's, if you look at the brands that we all like, we all resonate in, and have immense loyalty to certain brands because they're able to commit to those archetypes. Uh, and that's a big part of this, I think. If you want to be comfortable with it, you should do something that's you. Like for me, I, I like having fun. I like being casual with the way I talk about stuff. I think there's some stuff that I like about the other archetypes too. That's why I relate to all these other brands that aren't necessarily gesture brands. But for me, that's what I'm comfortable being. When I was in high school and college and stuff, I remember I was like, man, it'd be so cool to like go out and like, like, you know, I was like, oh, how sick would it be if I was like a writer on like SNL or something or writing skits? But you know what? I'm a coward. I didn't want to go do those things. I want to do something practical in business because I don't have the courage to do those things. And now I'm just doing the same thing, but in a business business setting, and I'm loving it. I'm enjoying it. I'm, this is easily the happiest I've ever been working at IQ. Like, the team's great here. Everybody's enabling me to do what I want to do. And then the cool part is people actually see it, which is another I part love of it, it as well. I love that you've committed. You've owned your personality. I talk about this endlessly, the importance of personality and branding and in business. But you've owned your personality, and you've embraced circumstances that aren't normal, right? So the way that in which you create content and teach people how to think outside the box is not normal within business. It might be normal in the writing room for SNL, but like you've done something unconventional. By doing something unconventional, you've stood out. And that's really cool. Yeah, actually, it's a good way of thinking of it. It's, I, I'm basically peacocking unintentionally. <laughs> so like, <laughs> oh, it doesn't sound arrogant or anything. One other thing, too, that uh, for people that are just starting out that don't really have a way of getting your brand out there, I highly recommend that you start by doing things with other people. It becomes really easy. If you're trying to build your audience on LinkedIn, go get a prospect that you're trying to break into. If they say, hey, I'm not interested right now, we're all set, say, that's cool. Why don't we hop on and do a quick five-minute interview on a Zoom and I'll record it and then throw it up on my LinkedIn next week. I know a ton of people in the space. They'll help you if you ever if your company ever blows up and doesn't exist anymore or you need another job or something. You don't have to sell people on that. Those things are already implied. Put it this way. I've never said no to being on someone's podcast. I know I'm gonna probably get like a bunch of direct messages now asking people to have me on their podcast, but like that's a thing that I'm gonna do because I, w- I wanna expand and have more people find out about what we're doing and what we're trying to do to help business in general. Uh, so that's part of it. Like you're starting from zero. Go get someone else that has another audience so you can start getting eyes on, uh, get their audience eyes on you too. And just start doing that once a week. And then once you have a big enough audience, you can kind of shift and move forward with, with kind of building off of that instead. Do you think that it's important for everyone, regardless of archetype, to get comfortable with video and being on camera? Um, no, I, don't, I actually, I know that's kind of controversial. If someone's, I know there are people that aren't comfortable with it. The... Technology is there though, where it's so much easier. Like I can record a video. It takes me about, when I put a video up on LinkedIn that I, I happen to know how to video edit, so I'll do some touch and stuff. But like when I put a video out on LinkedIn, it probably takes me two hours, but it's, it's usually our biggest day in traffic on our website. It's our biggest day for lead gen, whatever we're pushing and stuff. I'll tell you this, you should do what you're good at. For me, I find it faster to make a video than it is to write a blog post. I happen to also write blog posts and stuff, but for me, I can crank something out a lot faster on video than I can on blogs. If you're a fast writer, do what you're good at. I will tell you this, though. Video is a lot more fun. And here's the other thing that people are screwing up on. I think you said this to me, Phil, uh, last time we talked. There's this thing where people tend to hug the way that people have been doing stuff with an existing platform. So here's a good example. Back in the old sales days, Reps used to have scripts. 
and they talk, they memorize a script, they go to the door, they knock, and they read a script to someone. The person wouldn't know they're saying a script, but they're actually doing a script in a playbook. And the person at the door would be like, nah, I don't know. And then eventually the telephone was invented and sales teams started using cold calling. When sales teams started using cold calling, what they do? They took the door-to-door script and they started reading the door-to-door script on the phone. Even though audio and not being there in person is completely different. When cold email came out, people started doing cold email. You know what they did? They started emailing phone scripts to people. It drives me nuts. It's like, it's like all these new platforms, you have way more options and things that you can do. The new thing now people are doing is video prospecting. You know what makes me sad? There are companies out there that literally have people reading their, what they would have said in an email just in a video. When you can do anything with video, there's so many cool things that you can do with it. We have a chance right now to change the way that people are doing business. We can make it casual and fun and make people feel good about being prospected and do something that's entertaining and almost treat it like an art form. If you're doing sales or prospecting or PR or anything where you're doing outreach, if you're a recruiter, you should approach it like you're, it's an art and you're making a Super Bowl ad. You're just making a Super Bowl ad for one person. That's where we're going. And that's what you can do with the stuff with video, which is why I like video a lot more. And if you're someone that wants to get that creative muscle flexing, I think video is a great place to start. Another thing is audio. Audio is great for stuff. But whatever you're good at, you should stick with that stuff and do it with other people. Video makes it really easy and lowers the friction. I go to someone and say, hey, do you want to write a blog post for me? That kind of sounds like a homework assignment. It sounds like a chore. Yeah. That's sort of my perspective on it. Well, it's that time in the podcast where we pause. We take a little break to tell you some things that are going to be useful for you. This might be one of my favorite things we've ever offered. Ever. I tend to agree. It's visual, it's pretty, but it's also useful for business owners. Lauren, tell us about it. Great. So this week's free download is a Brand Archetypes Overview PDF. So if you are stumped with how you should be posting, what voice you should use, what kind of stuff you should be putting out there on social media, this PDF is for you. And what I also like doing is to kind of categorize my friends and colleagues as archetypes too. So once you download the PDF, I definitely encourage you to try to figure out what archetypes people closest to you are as well. I am so excited about this. I love this tool. So like, I mean, I know I always say that I'm excited, but this week I'm particularly excited. Do not miss this digital download. Yeah, you can't. You cannot miss it. You cannot miss it. Special shout out to Emily who helped us animate, or I should say illustrate each of the archetypes. Go to philpallon.co slash resources where you will find this to download. Yes. And while you're there, don't forget to check out our blog post related to the episode. It goes through some content ideas for each brand archetype. So once you've got your PDF and you know which archetype you are, just zip over to the blog post and then you'll get some content ideas on top of it. Someone's got homework. Someone is you. All right. That's enough of that. Let's get back to the episode. I want to make sure that people have, while I have you on the phone, and I just am so loving this conversation. I'm not normally an archetype person, but you have completely sold me on the value of identifying yourself within a particular archetype, staying in that lane and using it to bring out your competitive advantage. I actually have the 12 archetypes up in front of me. I would never remember these if I didn't have them in front of me, but I thought we could do something fun, the three of us, to round off this conversation. If we give each other 30 seconds or less to go through each archetype, 
I'm just going to say the name of it and I can explain if you want, but wouldn't it be fun to put our three heads together and see if we could come up with a creative way that that archetype could prospect? I know it's putting us all on the spot, but I think we can do this. I'll, all right, let's, we're going to try it. We're, this is going to be brave. It's brave. No one judge. I'll tell you something. That, this is a cool idea. Let's try it. Great. Yeah. Okay. And, and so they have to be quick because there's a lot of archetypes. So let's, are we ready for this on the clock? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's try and do it. To ease into it, let's start with the jester. What could a jester do to prospect? I think a jester would do something in a prospecting email that's over the top. They might make fun of a business observation and write that to the company that they're writing. Good example, you might be like, hey, prospect, you're probably in a big corporate chopper with a suitcase full of money listening to Kenny Loggins. Like, I might make a joke like that in a cold email and then hit send. <laughs> that's and, that's you know, great. make the person laugh. That's great. Okay, yeah, let's yeah. keep that moving. The yeah. every man. What could the every man do? Uh, all right. Perfect example. If I'm targeting prospectors at Lead IQ and I'm writing an every man email, I might write an email to someone talking about how I'm just like that person. I'm reaching out. I'm getting people saying no to me all the time. I clock in. I got a hard hat. I'm a blue collar worker. I'm going through and grinding and figuring that out. That's how I do it in my cold email for that. Love it. Caregiver. What could a caregiver do? A caregiver would want to check in on the prospect and see how they're doing from a perspective of, of being like, hey, how's your month going? Could I do anything to help your month? Do you want to need a couple of intros? What can I do to help you there? That's very on brand for a caregiver. That's great. Mm-hmm. What about a ruler? So they give examples of a, of a brand that's a ruler like British Airways or Mercedes or Microsoft. What could a ruler? Yeah, I, I might write something in a cold email about how if you're one of the best reps of all time, or you're the greatest rep of all time, you should be using the greatest tool of all time. Mm-hmm. That might be my angle there. Or name drop too, like with examples yeah, of yeah. their work. Yeah, talk about the championships they've won by closing those other deals that are similar to them. That's a good one. By the way, I, I, I should let you talk too, right? No, uh, <laughs> no, I, no, 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 you're better. I'm, you guys, are, <laughs> okay. I'm so impressed. So creator is the next one. I'm keeping us on the schedule. You guys are the creative ones in this case. What could a creator do? A video. Yeah, that's good. Creating. Another thing is your prospect angle would be talk about building. Hey, I'm reaching out to you. Hey, Mark Zuckerberg. I see your, if I were prospecting Zuck, I might be like, hey, Zuck, I saw you're, you're building one of the most massive networks out there in the world. You're creating jobs. You're changing the way that we think about stuff. That's how I, that's how I'd frame a builder email when I'm writing it to someone. Amazing. Or a creative uh, creator. A lover. Oh, man. I, I, I might write something like, hey, I don't want to, like, I might write an email and say, hey, prospect. I don't tell everybody this, but, and then I might say something that's like disclosing a little thing that they might not know about. Smart. Kind of give them a little piece of intimacy. Like a little secret. That's smart. Yeah. Or I might talk about something, like I might write about something I love. Like I love, talking about love is usually a good thing about that. You know what I mean? Simple. Okay. We're halfway. Hero. Oh boy. Okay. Uh, hero brand, you talk about, you, you try and get the person to feel like they're a hero. So you might be like, hey, if you're at the company right now, you don't like the way that you're doing prospecting. I'm using Lead IQ as an example for this, but like, hey, you don't like the way you're prospecting. We have something that can make everyone on the team love you. They'll love that you'll save the day. You'll make it so that everyone doesn't hate what they're doing when they're doing this part. Like, that's the way you could frame it. That's great. Magician. Oh, man. Magicians are all about making dreams come true. Like, Martin Luther King was actually considered a magician brand, too. So, like, you could write something about, like, you could basically say, hey, blah, blah, I don't know what your goals are or what you're trying to do but I want to try and make that happen for you. What What are things that, what are experiences that you'd like? And then if the prospect writes back and says, oh, I want to do this, maybe maybe they want to go to the Caribbean and go on a vacation. 
Maybe you send them a box of sand in the mail from the Caribbean and say, hey, this is, this, it's, we're getting you there closer than you, you would have originally. Like you do something like that. And it's low cost. That's a great idea. What about outlaw? Oh, this one's awesome. Outlaws are all about breaking the rules. So you might write an email to someone saying like, hey, I don't know if you're supposed to do this, but if you want to really change the way that things are being shaken up there, I might just be the right guy for you. I could help you punch a jukebox and make music straight. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, you just come up with an angle like that or something. We have three more. Innocent. Uh, so innocence is all about simplicity. So if you're writing a cold email to someone and you're trying to be the innocent brand, you'd probably focus on how simple something is to use. Like, hey, your job should be simple. I can make your job simpler. I can make it easier for you to do this stuff. That's, that's the focus that you want to do for that. Sage. Sage, you would tell a story or write a Tell, share a lesson that you've learned. Like, hey, blah, blah, blah. Did you know that when you prospect and end an email with an open-ended question, you'll get a higher response rate? The little tip that we, we figured out, the reason we were able to do that is because we are able to cut down time with prospecting, yada, yada, yada. Boom. That's your, you drop some knowledge in there. You teach a lesson in your email. Great. You drop a stat or some cool. Last up. one. I'm so impressed. Last one, Explorer. Explorer brand. So you would write an email to someone as an Explorer brand you would talk about an experiment you tried and or an experiment you're trying. A uh, good example, I might say, hey, prospect, I grabbed my webcam and I wrote music on my piano with it and I'm sending you this music. I'm trying to see if this actually is an effective way. Are you impressed with this video? What do you think? You kind of remove the meta a little bit and talk about like, oh, this is what I'm doing. Prospect, is this something that would make you respond? It's almost like you're a researcher kind of and, and you're using the research data and stuff to, to share that you're doing the experiment. You try unorthodox stuff and try You things. did it. An example for every single archetype. If people... That was tough, no. by the way. That was tough. Damn, was, Ryan. I'm impressed. It was really good. It's the wild I one. Mean, now every single person <laughs> listening has no excuse to do some outreach and not feel guilty or weird or icky about it. In fact, it should always be a win-win, right? Exactly. It should feel good to be prospected. If you're getting prospected, it should feel good and feel special. Think about someone complimenting you, but being sincere about it. And by the way, if you're having trouble finding a way to relate to a prospect, start with the person, then go to the company. Don't go to the company right away. I think that's another thing people do. So like, find a way to match up and make someone impressed based on their individual attributes instead. Amazing. How can people find you and keep in touch with you or find out more about what you're doing or reach out for help? Where can they find you? So easiest thing is probably add me on LinkedIn, Ryan O'Hara. I work at Lead IQ. If you want to read about some prospecting stuff, we put a ton of content out on our blog every week about some stuff that we're learning in prospecting, things we've learned, examples from other people. And there's definitely some jokes in there too. You'll have some laughs if you watch some of our videos and stuff. I highly recommend you check out our videos because they're pretty entertaining. I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I continue to thoroughly enjoy your posts on LinkedIn. Thank you so much for taking the time that you have to have this amazing, creative conversation with us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it, guys. Oh my goodness. Ryan, I... I usually like to be behind the scenes and like hiding behind Phil, but you have made me want to like burst out of, into LinkedIn and share my sage archetype, my boring sage <laughs> archetype with the world. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> it's interesting. You can do it. Yeah, just tell stories. That's the thing, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Phil, do you think you're you're an explorer? I never even you're the one with all of these types of like systems and archetypes and identities. You're going to tell me what I'm probably explorer. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm explorer. Or a magician. Yeah. If you're already a lot of the time, people are already doing one of these things. They just don't realize they're doing it. Yeah. Like that's oh, interesting. Well, thank you so much again. We look forward to keeping in touch with you. And this has been such a pleasure and so valuable for, for everyone listening. Thank you so much, Ryan. Thank you for having me on, guys. See you around. Oh, I... Another exhale. Another exhale. (laughs) Every time. That was incredible. That was absolutely incredible. I... You know, we've been putting these guests we've had on on the podcast on the spot in the moment, and I feel a little bit guilty doing it, but I know it makes for good audio. So I don't feel guilty. They're up for the challenge. They're great. All experts. They're great. Can you? I mean, I just love that there's science behind his madness. Yeah. And for him, comedy works perfectly. But I love that if comedy isn't even your thing, now you've got a tangible takeaway when it comes to getting in front of new eyeballs. And having them actually pay attention to you. That is gold. It is. It is. And I think for people who maybe not lack self-awareness, but who are fearful to like define themselves in a certain way, this is a nice like kind of in-between step um, for figuring out who you are is by finding a brand archetype you most connect with and trying to embrace that while you figure out your brand online. It's gold. And I'll be the first to admit that I've never been super into brand archetypes. It has always felt unnecessary because while people use archetypes to identify themselves, our process is more focused on identifying your personality. You know, the the content personality that we talk about all the time, archetypes just feel like a lot of energy into something that's not productive. But this is the first time I've made an exception on that. I think it's easy to understand these archetypes and use them with tangible strategy, you know, even if it's one single thing that you can do to accomplish your goal. The the tangibility of it in this circumstance, I am loving. Me too. Me too. So what do you think was the most valuable, like concrete lesson that you learned from Ryan today? That you don't have to be funny to send a prospecting message or outreach effort that has the possibility of resonating. Yeah. And prospecting doesn't have to be uncomfortable if you do it in a way that works for you. Exactly. It's like we're so quick to just jump to the protocol, the status quo, the norm of let's send an email introducing myself. Why do we do what's safe and what everyone else does? But rather than just jumping to that kind of safety, why don't we take a few extra minutes before we draft it to think, how can we send something that's going to stand out? I think about this when we're pitching me for speaking engagements. And I think we do this to a degree, but it's fun to hear it in this context from a a new perspective. Agreed. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. Brilliant jester. Yeah, I didn't know he was going to reply to the invitation. And when he did, it was not even like, sure, Phil, I'll do it. It was literally scheduled the Lincoln Calendly. And I, I said out loud by myself, I went, yes because I knew it was going to be gold. So thank you, Ryan. We really appreciate it. What a fun chat. What did you think? If you're all pumped up about ways you can reach out to your clients or customers, sell your product or service, we're super interested and excited to hear 
what your takeaway is from this episode and what you're going to do next. Let us know. Hashtag brand therapy. I'm at Phil Pallet. I'm at the Lauren Moore. And continue the conversation with us. That's why we do this. We make this so that you get something valuable from it. And we'd love to know what that next action item is for you. If you've enjoyed this episode, it really helps us. If you take two extra seconds, go to the iTunes store and leave a five-star review. Whatever country you're from, that review actually gets saved in that country's iTunes store for other people to see and for other people to discover us. So know that we really appreciate it and we keep our eye on it. Well, that was fun. Thanks again for hanging out with us. We'll be back again with a brand new episode shortly. Until then, I'm Phil. And I'm Lauren. And this is Brand... We're, we're saying our names Yeah, again? and this is Brand Therapy. Okay. And have a great rest of your day. Until next time. Bye. And next week on Brand Therapy, here's what you can expect. We even actually produce disaster plans for companies so that if the lights go off, there's a plan that gets executed in the event of hurricane, grid shutdown. How do we stay in business in the event of? And that's part of what we have done for the federal government and then other companies. 